Welcome to season three of the Cafe Nervosa podcast. I'm Lauren. And I'm Taryn. We're two ladies who have a deep and abiding appreciation for the 1990s NBC sitcom Frasier. In this podcast, we're going through the show season by season, and we're talking about specific topics as we go. We will lovingly dissect episodes, share clips featuring great jokes, and talk about some absolute favorite Frasier moments. In this episode, we're talking about Martin Crane. And for season three, that means celebrating Marty as a rounded character who is smart and weird and discussing a certain song that starts out... Bobbity bobbity ba scoopity doo doo boah So, recline in your duct-tape-covered chair and pop open a cold can of Ballantines as we talk about season three of Frasier. In season three, KACL gets a new station manager named Kate Costas, who Frasier has a fling with. Niles and Maris separate, Martin sends an original song to Frank Sinatra, and Daphne dates a man named Joe. Roz continues to be our hero by wearing killer pantsuits and by idolizing her new female boss. And finally, Frasier's hair is no longer a skullet. What a relief. I can breathe easy now. (laughs) Let's dive right into it. I think we know where we have to start when we're talking about Martin in season three. It's pretty important. Mm-hmm. We need to talk about episode three. Martin does it his way. Yep. You could say that this is seminal to our podcast's very founding. I think you should say that. <laughs> this is where Martin writes an iconic song for Frank Sinatra and Frasier writes a eulogy for an unpleasant aunt, and Niles has to find a place to scatter her cremains. So let's get right to it, and here is the setup for the whole plot of Martin's song. Okay. I think it would be terribly sad to go through life having a secret dream and never fulfilling it. You'd never do anything silly like that, would you, Mr. Crane? What are you talking about? Oh, I don't know. Perhaps a little something involving a certain shoebox you keep hidden. Shoebox? Forget it. It's not important. Well, fine. If you don't want to talk about it, don't talk about it. It's only something you've given over 30 years of your life to. Hey, I didn't tell you that, so you go around blabbing it to everyone. Well, tell us, Dad, what's in the shoebox? then, all right? Well, wait a minute. You can't say nothing. It's a shoebox. You can only say nothing. nothing. All right. All right. It's just some songs I wrote. For Frank Sinatra. And he keeps him in a shoebox. I think your work here is done. <laughs> oh, Daff. <laughs> so great. I really enjoy it when Frasier and Niles have to go into Martin's world, which doesn't happen all the time. Martin is often in their world and is quite literally in Frasier's world because he's in his fancy apartment. But here they agree to follow Martin's lead because this is his song with his vision. 
they are somewhat taken aback when they realize that they do have to be in Martin's world and Martin isn't going to adjust as much as they like towards their high-end tastes. But they are good sons and they go with it. Here's just a cute clip of their response to some of the lyrics of the song. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I don't mean to quibble, but it seems like your heart is always going either Heidi Heidi, Ringy Dingy, or Scooby Dooby. Look, I don't need another critic. Fine. Perhaps a cardiologist. <laughs> They're just still having fun with their dad. Absolutely. This is an episode that finds great comedy in the tension between the kind of guy that Marty is and the kind of men that his sons are. Of course, Marty loves Frank Sinatra. This this totally fits with who we know Marty is. Um, and we also know that Niles and Frazier are these opera-loving people. So seeing them have to help their dad with she's such a groovy lady it runs against all their taste like you're saying and uh but yeah they do it because they love him at the same time the boys really are pushing martin to write the song and send it to frank you hear in the setup clip that he doesn't really want to do it it's hidden in his shoebox Mm -hmm. and i have such a special place in my heart for stories about parents who indulge their too smart for their own good kids i don't know why that would be (laughs) but it is Martin agreeing to try to write the songs and send them to Frank makes me so happy because he isn't comfortable with it, but he does it because it makes them proud. And parents who do this are legit the best. It's also great because throughout the the process, Martin gets more confidence with the song, which mm-hmm. is great to see. And, and you can see that the pushing is for his own good, like as sort of cliche as that is. That's really lovely. Right. That's the really great thing that families can do for each other, especially when it comes from a place of love, by pushing your parent or your sibling to try something that they usually wouldn't. Really great things can happen. Mm -hmm. Uh, My clip here is uh, just the most important clip in the history of the show. I'll I'll hit the tape. (laughs) Okay, now boys, the way I'm hearing the intro, it goes something like this. Bobbity, bobbity, blah, blah, scoobity, doo, doo, blah. <laughs> of course, it is your piano. You may want to. <laughs> oh, Martin. <laughs> he has a vision. <laughs> it's so good. John Mahoney is selling the crap out of it. He sure is, yeah. His enthusiasm is awesome. Mm-hmm. So pivoting away from this very important storyline, I wanted to talk about another uh, Martin-centric story that I really enjoy. And this is from the episode Chess Pains, and this is the season's look at the relationship between Fraser and Martin. This is a great episode. <laughs> The premise is simple. Frasier is vexed when Martin continuously beats him at chess. Martin is constantly misjudged by his sons because he doesn't inhabit the high society that his sons do. Martin is forced to prove that just because he isn't a doctor, that doesn't mean he isn't smart and talented. And in this clip, he explains why he just may be good at chess. Look, Dad, with one more game kill you, I mean, you're all riled up. My God, you'll never get to sleep now anyway. Wait a minute. This isn't about losing, is it? This is about losing to me. That's what's driving you nuts. 
How could I lose to the old man? I'm much smarter than he is. I never said that. No, you didn't have to say. You've thought it all your life. No, I haven't. Yes, you haven't. Now you're insulting my intelligence again. Oh, Dad. Hey, now listen. What do you think I was doing as a detective all those years? Analyzing clues, devising strategies, always staying one or two steps ahead of the other guys. Now, does that sound like any game that you know? All right, that explains why you can play the game, but not why you beat me every time. Oh, come on, just just one more game, please. No, Dad, look, I'll never bring it up again. Not. No, I'm not. No, come no, on. No, 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 why should I? No, no. You just want to beat me so that you can go back to thinking that you're smarter than your stupid old man. Well, forget it. The hell with you. I don't see any reason why I should ever play you again. If you win, I'll give you $5,000. Get out of my way. I love here that Martin not only has a very valid reason for being good at chess, but he calls Frazier out on his crap so hard mm-hmm. and is like, you're gaslighting me right now. Don't do that. He's, like, he's standing up for himself and his intelligence in a really great way. Martin serves the show by reminding it everyone just how out of touch Frasier and Niles can be, and I personally always enjoy these moments where Martin gets to shine and show off that he is a smart guy, but that he doesn't always have to rub it in everyone's faces. Totally. And it's something that Frasier and Niles like need to learn from him, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, he's just a, a good person, and so he isn't always bragging about his intellect, but yeah. it's totally there. Another thing we love about Martin is how he always supports his sons. Um, In the episode Fraser Grinch, Fraser's son Frederick is coming to town for Christmas, uh, and Fraser has to frantically find new presents for him on Christmas Eve because the the ones he ordered were sent to the wrong address. Uh, Here's a clip of that. May I ride with you to the airport to pick up Frederick? Of course you may, Lars. Just have to wrap up his presents first. Wonderful. So what'd you get for Eddie? Well, actually, Dad, I ordered from the toy catalog from the special section called Gifts for the Gifted. I got him the, the Junior Astronomer set and the Geology Lab. Oh, and oh, a fabulous thing called the Living Brain. You get to paint each lobe a different color, and then you stuff it inside the living skull. <laughs> hey, you know what kids really like? They've been advertising it like crazy on TV. It's great. The Outlaw Laser Robo Geek. <laughs> Its head lights up and it shoots death rays out of its eyes. Yeah, a little like that. Listen, Dad, I think I know what Frederick likes. He's precocious. He needs to be challenged. Oh, challenge him the other 364 days. One day out of the year, indulge him. Let him be a kid. Dad, I'm sorry. If Frederick's anything like me, the kind of toys he'll like to play with are... Kitchen set, a dollhouse, and three kinds of Barbies. This is for a Franklin crane from Kennebunkport. Oh, God, do you realize what this means? Yes, the cranes of Maine have got your living brain. Uh, that line never gets old to me. It does not. Also, what is the mail snafu that miss sent something that was supposed to go to Seattle, Washington, to Kennebunkport, Maine? <laughs> uh, someone named F. Crane ordered something. <laughs> so, of course, Fraser sticks to his plan to get Freddie these overly educational toys. There's a great scene at the mall with Niles. Oh, it's all good. Uncle Niles and a toy store. Yeah. I could have a whole episode of it. But Martin is right. When Freddy arrives in Seattle, he tells Fraser that what he really wants is the outlaw laser robo geek. And Fraser's crushed because he doesn't want to disappoint his son. But Martin, being amazing, gives Fraser a gift. And of course, it's the outlaw laser robo geek. 
Uh, and it's just this really lovely moment of Martin taking care of both Fraser and Freddie, being a great grandparent, being a great dad. I love it. It's so sweet and lovely. Throughout all of these different storylines, you really see that John Mahoney is just a gem of an actor. He's so good. Yeah. We've, we talk about this every season. We're going to keep talking about it. Yeah. I love it when John Mahoney really leans into the weirdness of Marty, like in this clip where Marty is recording a video message for the future cranes. <laughs> I'm not doing it. It's morbid. It's not morbid. And besides, if you don't do it, the only footage we'll have of you in the family archives is you pretending your stomach was a face that summer at the lake. <laughs> All right, Niles, if it'll shut you up, I'll do it. Thanks, Dad. We'll make this quick and easy. Is that what you're wearing? Forget it. No, no, no. no, no. Here we go. Here we go. Okay. My name's Martin Crane. When I made this tape, I was 64 years old. But now... I'm dead. <laughs> Trapped in a box underground. <laughs> Pretty scary, huh? Dad, surely you must have some message you want to leave for the cranes of the 21st century? All right, all right, I do. <clears throat> Remember to always work hard and that family comes first. And I have a million bucks in unmarked bills that I took off a drug dealer that I have stashed in my old army footlocker. The combination is left 15, right future generations see what I had to put up with. Oh, Marty's a great grandpa. Yeah. Not a great grandpa <laughs> yet. <laughs> you know, you get my meaning. He's a grand grandfather. <laughs> it's such a nice example of how you can fully round out a character. Martin is shown as more than just an aging parent and grandparent. He's more than just an ex-cop who was injured in the line of duty. He's just given the space to be a weird person, uh, and that's really great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the show respects Martin, and you can tell that by the amount of time they give him to be, as you say, weird. It's nice to see because he could be a stereotype of a grumpy old man, which he is initially, but they pivot quickly away to the benefit of the show. And and probably the enjoyment of John Mahoney. Like, he seems like such a fun character to play. And it, you, I feel like you can see him having fun with it. Totally, yeah. I was listening to some of our first season podcasts where we talked about Martin. And in the clips from that show, he's putting on this really gruff, grumpy old man accent, <laughs> which is what you're talking about. And yeah, it's, it's such a one-note character, grumpy <laughs> old man. Whereas, yeah, now he's weird and funny and fun and loving and all those good things. Yeah. Okay, we're going to shift over to Nonsense Corner. Taryn, what do you have? All right, this is one that, an episode that I feel like will be coming up a lot in Nonsense Corner, mm -hmm. and that is the episode Come Lie With Me. Sure. What I will specifically talk about, because there is 
a huge other storyline that <laughs> we can't get into here. It's not exactly relevant, but there are there will be discussion. <laughs> but it is about the invisible work of women that Fraser and Martin ignore. In this episode, Daphne moves out or decides she's going to move out and and the ha- Fraser and Martin's house falls apart without her and they're at each other's throats and it's just terrible and the minute she steps back in the door everything's fine she fixes everything and and they're no longer fighting and they, they and they literally show her fixing everything walking yeah. around cleaning things up putting things back in the way that makes them both happy yeah but it's not commented upon no and they never thank her or even notice that that is what's happening just everything's magically fixed and it sucks because they need to pay attention to these things Mm -hmm. lauren bring it home my entry into nonsense corner is about the plot where a romance writer is aggressively trying to get martin to go out with her she keeps showing up at their apartment and despite his very clear signals that he isn't interested in her she does not let up Uh, It's played for laughs with a man being afraid of a woman who's harassing him. It's not funny. Not Um, funny at all. And consent matters. It matters equally regardless of the genders involved and who's doing the harassing. So (laughs) don't love that. No. Turning back to things we love about the show, it's that time where we recommend an episode for you from the third season. Lauren, what's your pick? Well, we usually each pick an episode, but there was no no bones about it this time. It's a tie. It's a tie. The episode of choice is Martin Does It His Way. Ugh. She's such a groovy lady. She's such a groovy lady. <laughs> There's no other choice. It's great. Watch the episode. Watch but, it a hundred times. Yeah. Absolutely. Thanks for listening to Cafe Nervosa. Taryn writes amazing recaps for each of our podcast episodes. So if you want to see some excellent Fraser gifs, check that out at cafenervosapodcast.com. And probably a picture of Niles wearing a hilarious foam dome type helmet in the toy store from Fraser Grinch. I'd, I'd see that. <laughs> it has googly eyes too. <laughs> We'd like to thank Colette Jonas for composing our awesome theme music, including that amazing clip. Extra special shout out to Colette uh, on this episode. She humored us by including the bobbity bop 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 (laughs) into her lovely thing that she composed (laughs) for us. Uh, So really a big thank you. Yeah means a lot to us. Absolutely. We would love it if you would help us spread the word about our show by telling the Niles to your Fraser or the Daphne to your Martin about Cafe Nervosa. We like to end every episode with clips of our favorite jokes from this season based on our theme. Taryn, you are up. All you have to know here is that Martin is annoyed that the mental well-being of older people is judged so harshly. (laughs) This is one of my all-time faves. <laughs> well, I still think picking on the old man stinks. God help you if you're over 50 and you do anything that seems the least bit odd to your family.
we're really getting a lot of vocal range from Mr. John Mahoney. We sure are. <laughs> the highs, the lows. <laughs> All you need to know here is that Martin has a cautionary tale for Niles. There was this pretty coroner in the city morgue. <laughs> I always had a bit of a crush on her. Whenever we'd find a dead body, I'd yell out, okay, boys, I'll take it from here. <laughs> so, this one night, I invited her down to the corner bar. Corners have their own bars? No, corner, Niles, a corner bar! <laughs> anyway, we had a few drinks. Lights were low, Sinatra on the jukebox. Before I knew it, it just all came pouring out of me. I told her how I felt. I mean, I knew the second it was out of my mouth that it was a mistake. Well, she let me down easy, but we still had to go on seeing each other all the time. Sure was no fun going to the morgue after that. As a final bonus, we have the final performance of Martin's song. She's such a groovy lady. She's such a groovy lady. I said, she's such a groovy lady. Such a groovy lady. 